Katie. I'm Erica. And this this is is Book Talk. Hi, Katie. Hi, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Emily Henry Sunday. Yes, Emily Henry Sunday. Today we're doing a special double feature podcast talking about both of Emily Henry's latest books, Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation. Okay, so we'll put in the show notes um, when we split. So we'll start talking about People We Meet on Vacation. And then in the second half, we'll talk more about Beach Read. And then at the end, we'll talk about the themes from both. So if you've only read one, check the show notes for when we start talking about which book and we'll try and keep spoilers light but I'll also put that in the show notes this is really just to force you all to start reading the show notes which I actually write (laughs) I always forget that you actually write those sometimes (laughs) I see them and I'm like wow these are pretty funny I can't believe no one reads them (laughs) so we're gonna start with Emily Henry's Beach Read which came out first Beach Read is about two authors um January who writes romances and Augustus who writes The opposite. He is a quote-unquote serious writer. When January moves in unknowingly next to Augustus, they do not hit it off, but they've got too much in common for nothing to happen, and this is a romantic book. So they both hold up in their neighboring homes, and they're both under deadline for a new book, and they're both ultra-competitive and undeniably attracted to each other. So nothing will happen, and no one will fall in love, right? (laughs) Wow, I should write intros to rom-coms. The level of cheese was at an all-time high, but it's okay. I'm bought in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to just say that I gave you both these books. Yes. Yes, and I, just for continuity, I read People We Meet on Vacation first before I read Beach Read, uh-huh. and I really, really liked Beach Read. I think I liked Beach Read more. Although I will say I was not expecting what this book actually was. So when it was titled Beach Read and (laughs) Emily Henry has talked about this where like people are like, it's not a beach read. They're at a lake. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but it's Lake Michigan. But that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be like Florida or like Mexico. Like I thought it was like a legit beach. Yeah, not Michigan. I thought the name beach read was like an ode to what people call a beach read, which is traditionally like women's fiction or like rom-coms or romance, whatever. Like I thought it was an ode to the kind of books that January writes, quote unquote beach reads. But did it ever talk about January writing a book that took place at the beach? No, I'm saying (laughs) no. But that's what I mean. It's like we don't know. I'm saying that we're saying I'm calling beach reads any book that's like romantic or lighthearted. And I feel like people call beach reads that, like the genre that she writes. Not that they're at a beach. But yes, I see literally what you're saying. (laughs) I guess, first of all, let's do a quick overall rating. What did you think about this one? And what did you like and not like? Just quickly overview of it. Five out of five. I loved this book. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love this book. I feel like it made it had twists and turns so much I didn't expect. I am head over heels in love with Gus, like unashamedly. <laughs> so the answer to no Gus. one will fall in love is uh, incorrect because Erica did. Perfect. I'm in love. Um, I thought it had really like a lot of interesting dynamics, a lot of like the entire story that 
Gus is writing about this cult and people who have left this cult, I thought was like a really interesting subplot. Mm -hmm. January dealing with her father's infidelity after he's already passed and trying to deal with being in this small town with Sonia. Like, I just thought there was so much to chew on. And then also the entire like kind of peek into what it takes to write a book um, which was so like meta on Emily's perspective of like, oh, you think it's so easy to write women's fiction, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like you try it. Um, and also how like what January has experienced, how that has like shattered her own worldview and how like her relationship with Gus is putting it back together. I just thought it was so, so good. And I I loved all the like P, like the side characters. It was funny. I love this book. I also <laughs> loved this book. I thought it was excellent, too. I mean, I think it was funny and sweet. I think that's literally what I wrote about it. This was sweet and funny and thoughtful. Um, The subplots were amazing. I feel like there was – I wanted to read about all of them, and she did such a good job of giving you just enough that you can get something out of it, but it wasn't, like, overtaking the story or, like, just, yeah, her dad's relationship and also Augustus in this cult. So I feel like there was enough that it was – it was interesting to read. It was darker at some points. It wasn't just all sunny, um, but – their love was also just so sweet, and I loved reading them falling in love, reading about it. I do think um, I read an, an interview where Emily talks about the fact that this book stemmed from her having writer's block um, and also talks about the stigma kind of of writing in, in women's fiction as well. Um, and I think we've talked about this before like when we were talking about Red, White, and Royal Blue and kind of different kinds of books that people read. Um, so what is what kind of is your overarching view on reading books in this genre, reading books that are quote unquote women's fiction or romance, rom-com e? And did this book change any of that? One reason why I like both of these books is I don't think the love story is there, but the love story serves as a bigger function, which I think the love story serves as a way for these characters to learn about themselves. And that's not the point. Like, the point of the book is not their love. It's, like, what their love is teaching them and how, you know, January and Gus are, like, helping each other work through their own difficulties. But that is also a way that I'm, like, distancing myself from, like, quote-unquote romance novels, which to me is, like, Fabio on the cover, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. But I feel like those like are very two like... kind of different. Yes, this is different. But I think there's kind of a whole – there's definitely a Fifty Shades of Grey genre – etc. And then there's also I think this novel where like yes, the love story is not the centerpiece on one hand, but on the other hand it is because the love story is the catalyst to how they learn about themselves and how they grow, right? It's because of this love story that's happening between both main characters and both of these stories. I feel like I've always loved reading books where like one of the center plot lines is a love story, and I feel like that can definitely be seen as like the romance brain candy books, which I feel like people talk about. She wrote that there too. Like it's just for fun, but there is a lot you can learn by learning about people's love as well. This is part of what January and Gus are arguing about is like, Oh, you think you're so much better just because you don't believe in happy endings. And it's something that they also are struggling with is like, he's taken much more seriously because his books are all like very morose and she's not taken seriously because everybody gets a happy ending and that also represents like their worldview um, which I think is like an interesting question to ask which is part of also why I like this book it's not it's not just talking about 
it's not just existing in this discussion. It's like actively participating in the discussion. Yeah, I do like I like that kind of meta view of it. I think the happy ending thing is interesting because it's obviously a choice where you end the story. Because every, you know, novel that she gives a happy ending to in this book, it doesn't mean that they just exist in that little bubble of happiness forever. Like those characters could go on to to have really unhappy lives or not be okay, but she's just ending at that moment when it's like everything is okay. Um, and kind of like pausing the story there. So you're leaving it on a happy note in comparison, which I think is interesting. One thing that January talks about is how it's not really her fault that she's a woman, she's a female author. And if she writes a book with a female lead, it gets quant- it gets put in the women's fiction section. And I think that's also part of the types of books that I like. I love like most of the books I read, I think are women's fiction, quote unquote. And it's just called women's fiction because the main character is a woman. Isn't that which crazy? Is, yes. And it's so frustrating. Like why wouldn't men naturally read this book? Like I have been pushing, obviously been pushing Detransition Baby on everybody I know. Um, but it's like, yeah, sorry, there are no main male characters, but guess what women read have read forever is freaking male centric, like, you know, Dostoevsky or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that in movies. So I feel like it's, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that with, with many different, you know, cross sections of the population here, but it's like everybody else grew up watching essentially white men be the center of movies and of action films and of, of all these different genres of love stories of sad movies. And those just get to be called fiction where if it's like a women's lead, it's like women's fiction or I don't know, it gets, it gets like this extra because it's much more specific. I think it's, yeah, no, no, I know there's that. Um, um, there's like some name for this test when, you watch a movie and it's like, do two of the main, fe- do two female characters appear on screen talking to each other about something other than a man? And it's some crazy high percentage of movies fail that test, but it's just showing you how like male centric most media is. That it's like, oh, Sex in the City is a female show because there's four women main characters, but they're actually talking about men constantly. Like, men are the driving force of their life, so it's actually not as progressive as you think it is. I don't know. But I will say, okay, the one thing I will say, and this is also something that, like, TikTok psychology has totally gotten down to a science, is that what I do love are men written by women. So I love the male characters in both of these books because I think they're so... It's just like this whole other, like, verse, the, you know, the other side being the male gaze of women, um, which are like the, like, Laura Croft-esque women. <laughs> In these books, we have, like, men who are not always great at expressing their emotions, but it's, like, right under the surface, and they're really deep, and they have a lot to say, and they're very interesting in their own ways. Um, and, you know, like, even just the description of, like, Gus's house and how like organized it was and clean and like he has his like sparse minimalist writing room. I was like, oh, Dream. Emily, write me a husband. I love it. <laughs> Literally. I do think it's interesting. Yeah. Ryan and I were talking about that with another book we're going to read, I think, on the pod. But how this it's a woman writing two gay men. And he was like, I get it. There's nothing incorrect about it. But it is very interesting to read about somebody that like, I identify with. 
written by somebody who is not that kind of person, <laughs> like who doesn't identify that way. He was like, it's not bad or good. It's just like, oh, I would not have written it like that. And yeah, so it's interesting to read about. I mean, even like in this book, you know, the thrust of the story is that Gus and January come up with this idea that like, let's do a competition where like we try and write a book from the other person's genre and we'll try these like day dates to like learn about their research process and stuff like that. And it's just like, that's never happening. I did love that learning was a about guy's how much idea. Goes into Come on. A, yeah, no, <laughs> I did um, love learning about like how to actually write a book, which I mean, obviously this isn't like a how to book, but I think it was really interesting because it does sometimes seem like you could just sit down and spend a couple of lovely hours in your morning with a cup of coffee, writing out like the next bestseller. Um, I mean, it feels less attainable than that, but it also seems like it would be that easy if that makes sense. And I think this book was like a good, a good kind of like insight into part of what it takes to be able to write a book. Right. And it makes so much sense. You're like, of course they would need to like go to, you know, a fair and see like, what is it like? What are people doing? Where, you know, how are couples interacting and kind of like observe the scene to get that research. But I agree. That was a really interesting part of the book. Um, okay, speaking of the things that I loved of, like, a male written from a female perspective or even just – I feel like this was something I've, like, not ever read before is we have amazing sex scenes. Um, January loves straddling Gus. I feel like she straddles him, like, six times. And I'm like, That's I'm it. here That's for all it. She but <laughs> I, do love I loved that we also have, like, very clearly Gus, like, trying to find a condom or, like, putting a condom on and I just thought that was so important, but it's also very real of like her, him being like, let's run over to my place <laughs> from the basement with their like, yes, because they live right next to the store. So I cute. was dying at that scene. That scene is, I loved but it's it. so good. You're like, it is, it is like a realistic way to read about it. It's which I did appreciate as well. I do think them like laughing. It felt like every scene she wrote between the two of them was like not funny, but it was like it just felt real and like they're giggling and they're kind of awkward at times and they're figuring it out. But it's also still, yeah, still very romantic, even when you're reading it, which is good. I loved when he wrote like his phone number on the notebook and like put it up against the, you know, when they were passing their notebooks, passing notes, lifting them up and writing them back and forth was the cutest thing. I was like, I just want to be in this lakeside romance right now where they're like in, I mean, the scene setting in this book too, though. I'm like, okay, we're at, we're each in our own individual beach cottages overlooking the water. It's Michigan. So it's breezy. And I'm just like living next door to this extremely hot guy holding up notes with like my number and asking how his day is like, it's so cute. I just wanted to be living that lakeside romance. One thing I thought that was like a little bit weird, and I'm assuming this is going to be made into a movie at some point. It should be. Um, But she kept describing Gus's face of like, he has like a little bit of a weird smile or like a like lopsided smile or something like that. Like he's got like a twitch in like the way that he smiles. It was a little heavy handed for me. She found the tea of the book. She found the hot tea moment.
I'll do a quick summary of people we meet on vacation, just in case you haven't read it and are listening. So Alex and Poppy are best friends, one you, ones you would never expect. Um, and after a long car ride home during college, they became inseparable until one fateful trip to Croatia when things got really weird. Um, Poppy is living her life in New York and having a hard time feeling truly happy. And when she tries to remember the last time that she was, she can only think of Alex. So she calls him and off they go on one last vacation and it ends in the best way from here. (laughs) I had to get it in, but, uh, (laughs) no spoilers, but it ends really well. And you know that I loved both of these books because I love a little happy ending. I'm not going to tell you why it's happy. Ending. Yeah, a clear happy ending. Like, what more could I ask for? So what did you think of Poppy and Alex? This book was a little bit more just, like, frustrating because, again, thinking of, like, male characters written by a woman, I just feel like if there's that much, like, sexual tension between the two characters, like, they would have had sex a long time ago. I feel like that part for me too. When I read a lot of books, I'm reading a really bad book right now, but I have to finish it. I'll tell you about it later. But I feel like when I read books and they're like, oh, we just like, you know, didn't tell each other how we felt for years and years and years. We were constantly alone in these beautiful locations and we just never had sex and we just never made out. We just nothing ever happened because we were both so scared. I'm like, is that shit realistic? Does anyone actually truly wait 10 years? I mean, maybe I'm just crazy. I would never. But like, I would never. I would oh never. God. I'd be like, six months, let me tell you. <laughs> no. It just seems like drawn out. And also like, I get the characters they're trying to write when they write things like this. This like nervousness that's like, they can't tell them and they might ruin it. But I just feel like. I don't know. Sometimes like we're we're a little all too past that in the age of like social media and the world that we live in now to just be like years and years go by and you don't try. I don't know. Yeah. That part was just a little bit strange. I think when they're like there obviously is so much like chemistry between Alex and Poppy, that's a part that was hard to get around you're drinking you're traveling you're right. alone together so much and yes that, that is a difficult. recipe for you have slept together like I just don't right. understand but it, it, I think the part was sort of unbelievable like it did take such a long time um and I didn't think that was realistic but obviously it's fun to read that story where you're like just hoping they get together and so many times you're like it's not gonna work out it's not gonna happen for them so that does I understand that, like, I think it's frustrating, but I understand why it's fun to write that story. As, like, characters, I think I really liked Poppy and Alex a lot more, especially Poppy. I think the idea of a travel writer who is sort of getting older and realizing that travel is not giving her everything it was supposed to in this sort of, like, really glamorous New York lifestyle is also not, you know, she's sort of just having this, like, empty feeling being ready for a transition and she's grasping at something that does make her happy like you said in the introduction which was Alex and now their relationship is so awkward and so in order to fix it fix it she's like let me just book this trip and pay for it myself and convince him that it can be like it always was and of course then everything goes wrong that part was ultra relatable although I was like yep that's it that's that's the move like you just gotta go all out lie to him about how you're paying for it just get him in the car and you'll fix it and I feel like that part was so relatable and also reading 
like I was like internally cringing the awkwardness of their relationship and how he would just like be a horrible texter. And I was like, well, she wrote this excellently. If anybody who's ever texted somebody like that, it was, I think she did a really good job writing it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Again, like we have, I think that is like one detail that just made it so much more relatable. Like, Uh, poppy being like i'll pay for everything and it's like it's not essential to the story like the trip to palm springs where she's like doesn't get it approved by her company so then she's like well screw it put it on my credit card which i can't afford like that is just so it's such a an additional detail that is so sweet and then like you know alex's brother getting married and having this like lavish party and noticing them holding hands walking in i felt like it was just so yeah, relatable and sweet. And I feel like I knew the two of them. I, yes, same. And I felt like getting to witness their love from the point of view of all the people who loved them, like getting to go back to Poppy's house, getting to go to the wedding, getting to see everybody be like, yep, this is it. You know, we knew it. And even if we didn't know it, like it feels like this is the answer. And it was just so sweet to see them like falling in love and everybody just being like so supportive and happy about it. And I think, um, the travel part also I want to talk about. I do think it's, it is interesting because I think I go back and forth a lot. Like I loved living in a separate state from my family, like be, not from them, but like I loved living in South Carolina, but it was really hard to be in this like separate state from all of these people, um, that I like really cared about and wanted to be around. Um, and sometimes I toy with the idea of like, let's casually move to we almost moved to Peru once and I was like, yeah, let's just move to Peru. Let's like move to somewhere crazy. And I think I could do it, but I also think there's this, I think I could do it if I was doing it with Jason, but I think there is this sense of like belonging with your people too. That's always like the opposite side of that coin. I thought that was a really beautiful part where Poppy comes all the way around to realizing like what her motivations were for trying to leave it and distancing herself from who she was. And then realizing that like, I don't have to be defined in opposition of that. I can still be who I am yes. and live in Ohio. And that's obviously, you know, that so I love that. You know that I loved that. But I do think it's interesting to come to the idea of like, why do you travel and why do you love it? Because I still love to travel. I cannot wait to travel internationally, like as soon as possible. But like, what are the reasons for that? And does that reasoning, like, where are my values when I'm traveling? Is that my same values when I'm living? And like, how do you balance that? And I thought it was really interesting to read her kind of struggle through that and be like, well, is my identity in that? Can I be a small town? Like, and she's in a much smaller town than I'm in, but being like, can I be in a small town, Ohio and still be who I want to be, be who I have found myself to be through all this travel. And like, her coming to figure out the balance of that, I think was like relatable and interesting to read because you get to hear her internal conflicts around that. Exactly. And again, this is part of why I liked both of these books so much is because it's not about Alex and Poppy. It's about Poppy trying to figure herself out. She's at a point where she's stuck. She can't figure out what it is. And Alex is helping her. Her relationship with Alex is helping her figure out what that is. You know, she has this other relationship with, oh my God, the chef who I've forgotten his name. And they have this relationship. Oh, I guess we have the same thing in Beach Read now. I'm making this connection where they have the relationship with Jacques is the one in Beach Read where it's like, this is the like outgoing party person who is like serving this part of my life. But then when we get home, there's nothing more. There's like nothing deeper. 
and they're figuring out who they are through falling in love and through what that love is teaching them. And I thought that that was really beautiful. In the end, like Poppy has learned so much about herself as like her relationship with Alex is becoming more serious. Yeah. And I loved how, you know, we see that and it's not perfect. It's not like Poppy or January are going through this extremely linear thing where they just all of a sudden like get to know themselves. Like it is messy. It hurts people. It's like, it is life as they figure it out. Um, I did, I think this is an interesting kind of comparison between the two of them. Like her books are very character centric. So when you read like a thriller or an action book, the plot is really the star of the show. That's what you're tracking. That's what you're trying to figure out. And these books are really about the characters kind of inner monologues and struggles and, and growth in who they are as people. So what do you think that that offers? Do you think it helps you to relate to the characters more um, while you're reading something that's like that? Yeah, I think it's it's more risky because if you don't like the character, then there's nothing else happening, essentially. It's, it's similar to Crying in H Mart where it's like her mom is it. Her, it's her and her mom that's like the main characters of the book and that's essentially there's not that much plot happening um I think you can see her evolution a little bit with people we meet on vacation because we have this unfolding narrative of different times in their relationship um where we're sort of jumping into the future jumping into the past jumping into the present and it's pretty early on where you find out okay something happened in Croatia like what happened um, and that's sort of like teasing you the whole time. And then it keeps flipping back to Palm Springs where they're having the worst vacation ever and um, can't still not talking about the thing that they need to be talking about. Um, and I like that. I think that that helped get get the hook set in of like, OK, what was it? And then they have this hilarious trip in Croatia with like the guy, the photographer who won't leave them alone. Yes. When we finally so got sweet. to read about the Croatia trip, I was like, yes, it is here. I have been waiting for you. <laughs> um, it really was. I thought her story of telling them in Palm Springs was hilarious. Like I was like this vacation, but like it also reminded me of like every awful trip I've taken, like, you know, staying in like a disgusting hostel with like, you know, no air conditioning and like a 40 year old naked man. And just like all of these like really funny stories that like when you're in that, when you're like, oh, I can't sleep. The air conditioning's broken. It's so hot. Like whatever it is, like I could tell you tales, but like when you're in that shit, it is not funny. But reading about it later, I was like, this is so funny. And they were like, uh, we'll turn it down to 78. And then they're like, it's at 79. <laughs> And I'm like turning my AC on here and being like, you know, like it's not okay. I also thought, but again, when they're in this room and maybe this is just like who I am as a person, but they are stuck in this awful situation. Okay. Number one, I would be like, I already put this whole stupid trip in my credit card. I am buying a hotel room. I would be hot for like four hours max no, before yes, I was like, yes, goodbye yes. buying a hotel room. And two, we would have had that conversation night one. I would have been like, okay, so this is weird. Why is it weird? Like what happened in Croatia? Right. Do you actually just love me? Okay. Like, I mean, you could have had three other great nights. Said you had one. Yeah, that part was frustrating. But I think she's also like Poppy's figuring out why Alex is that. I mean, again, this is, it's, it's frustrating, but I do think it's realistic where you have a story in your mind of someone else in your life and you attribute your own, like they both don't pursue the relationship because of their own things and they just project onto each other. They just don't like me. 
they don't think of me that way. And that is like, that's pretty realistic. Yeah, it is. I really enjoyed both of these books. Um, and I think it's also because I really loved the characters in them. Like, I just, I want to hang out with all of them. I would love to go on a vacation with Poppy. Like, I'm obsessed with her. Yes, I loved both of them. Also, I think the sex scenes in People We Meet on Vacation where they, like, rip the plastic um, (laughs) of the construction tape so they can have sex on the patio, like, in the rain. So hot. And also, like, so specific. I'm like, I am there. I'm watching this happen right now. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, but I was loving it. It was good. So I mean, good. she is. She's, she's good. so good. She's good. She's so good at what she does. Yeah, I loved it. I, I think I liked I think I liked Beach Read more because the writing stuff was just more interesting to me. Like the publishing story was much more interesting. The cult story is much more interesting. Like I just thought there was more going on. Like even just a little detail that stuck with me is like her not being able to like go through his stuff in the bedroom and like working up her courage to like enter each room of the house that she's staying in and how that's so relatable with like unpacking the things in her own mind about her father. Like, I just think there was more to chew on. Um, but they're both like super entertaining for both of those reasons. Yeah. I th- So I think that is going to come around to my rating, which I think for people we meet on vacation, I would give this like a four out of five. It's worth reading, but I don't think it's that deep for me. I would agree. Um, I think I would give them, I think I would say 4.5 for both. Um, I think Beach Read for me, like the overarching rating for it, I think it was really good. I loved all like the subplots. I thought she did an excellent job writing these like intense emotional characters. Um, I think it was a little bit long at parts. Um, feel like a little bit drawn out and it could have been a little bit shorter. I loved people we meet on vacation, maybe a little bit more because of when I read it. So I read it like pre being able to really go anywhere in COVID. And so I feel like I just like really enjoyed reading about all these little vacations. Like I said, the funny travel stories, but even just them being at a random bar at the beach, I was like, oh, I've been to like a bar, you know, like just the memories of like traveling. I feel like I was like on these vacations. So I enjoyed reading that. um, I think just at the time a little bit more, but I really loved them both. So 4.5s all around. We love Emily Henry. Yeah, I loved her. I think it's also really bold of her to take two really common tropes. One being like the best friends, will they or won't they? Sort of like, we all knew you loved each other. It took you long enough. That kind of trope. And then the other, you know, beach or a beach read. Yeah, being the like enemies who secretly just love each other. That's sort of like the red, white and royal blue idea. Um, and those are two pretty common tropes, but I think she reinvented them in like a modern and interesting and honestly kind of progressive way. Like both of the women are powerful in their own right. They have their own thing going on. They have their own point of view and they don't have to give any of that up for this for a great love or two great love. Yes, I did love that. Nobody is like giving up their whole life at the end. Like Poppy is not going to have to give up what she loves and who she is in order to be with Alex. Um, And, you know, January and and Gus aren't either. And I I do think it's, it is a kind of a more modern way of writing it. Like it isn't just like best friends, will they, won't they. And like, it's a nervous girl who's just like, I don't know. She wrote them as these people having these like really big ideas and dreams and hopes. And that's what's holding them back to. So they're really like complex characters who are relatable. And I feel like, 
yeah, she wrote just, she rewrote them. I also just want to call out one other like part of her writing, which I just loved is there's the scene in Beach Read where they go to Olive Garden to meet the ex-cult member, I think Dave, who is going to talk to them and Dave doesn't end up showing up. And so they're like waiting for Dave and they know Dave is sober and they're like getting closer and like kind of their knees are touching under the table. Dave doesn't show up and they're like, fuck it, let's get like this. I want this blue drink with like the umbrella (laughs) on it. And it becomes something, you know, a time where they start to like really get to know each other. And I think they hold hands. But again, it's just like so such a smart, realistic way, which is like sometimes you set up an appointment and the other person doesn't show up and the date becomes something completely different. And it was just so, so well done. I do so think smart. those little storytelling moments are what makes these books for me fun to read. Like a lot of times, um, you know, if you watch a romantic comedy or you read a romance book, it can be these like, they can be these like extreme over the top situations where it's like, well, that would never be like me or anybody that I know um, being in this you know, like I'm thinking of the Friends ending where Rachel gets on a plane and then she like stops the plane and she's like, I okay, got off the plane. spoiler for Friends. Ew, that show ended in like 2000. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, are you kidding me? Okay. Any, I'm still doing it. Rachel gets off the plane. Okay. And she shows up and she's like, I got off the plane. And they have this like whole moment. Like you could, you actually can't get off a plane. It's actually a security violation. <laughs> you literally can't do it. But just, that's a stupid one. But they're all these like crazy things and I feel like both of these stories are like realistic and their love stories are found in these sweet moments where nothing crazy has happened and they're just talking at an olive garden or they're just arguing with their Airbnb host and they're like it's these like daily struggles and sweet things that make these stories I think what they are right like a good comparison is like in the lost apothecary which I didn't like I can't remember I think you didn't like it either I gave it like a 2.5 where it's like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to like the lady's house and the lady is there and the police are there. Oh, no. And then I'm going to go to the apothecary where the lady is there and she's mixing the potion. And of course, we have the conversation we were supposed to have. And then we go to the bridge and she jumps off the bridge and it's just like, okay, everything that that's not how life happens. You stand in line at you know, you try and go to this restaurant and they don't have a spot for you. Your friend can't make it and cancels the plans. It's like that's real. And the idea that like everything works out perfectly or there's all these like pre-planned experiences I feel like always come across as fake to me. So I think she's an excellent writer. What do you think that books that are technically like more guilty pleasures or like brain candy, like do you think that they can teach us something different or do they just serve the function that they are? Like what do you think about that idea in general? I think there's something to be said for books that allow you to like escape your day-to-day life just like on the surface, which is like most fiction books you read, right? Like you get to kind of put your head somewhere else. Um, So I think there's something to be said about just that that's good enough. It doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure, but can be like a healthy habit. (laughs) Like if we're reframing it to be like reading to go somewhere else. I also think a lot of times the guilty pleasures books, if that's what we're calling them, or like guilty pleasure TV is centered around love and meeting somebody and that's like what they're a lot of times written about, I think. Um, and I think there's something to be said, like we've talked about this whole time about reading somebody being in a relationship. I mean, you can learn about like communication or about what sacrifice means in a partnership, about how to like think introspectively. Like, I think there's a lot that you can grow and learn from in reading 
love stories or in reading things that are traditionally seen as guilty pleasures, if it just makes you happy, like that's also okay. It doesn't have to be something to be like a guilty pleasure or brain candy. It can just be something that gets you in the right headspace to do something else or to, you know, plan a really cute date night, which could be better for your relationship. Like it doesn't have to have a benefit, but I think there are a lot. I don't know what, I think we have different opinions. I'm not sure via your nodding. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think if, you know, falling in love and being in relationships, like that is the biggest thing that you'll do in your life. (laughs) So like, why would we not talk about it? Like, why would you not try and be better at it or learn more about it? Um, I do think it serves a function as long as it can, again, just over-intellectualizing everything, if it like gives you something to think about. I feel like I don't want to read the same I don't want to watch the like when Harry. No, I love when Harry met Sally. I'm trying to think of like a bad romance movie. Hot mail. But even those. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to watch the same. Here's I think what you're trying to say is like, I don't want to watch the same love story again and again. But I do want to watch like 10 different ones. Like at Christmas, I don't want to watch seven people go home to their home small towns and fall in love with their high school boyfriend again. Like I'm not here for this Christmas rom-com hallmark again and again, the same story. But I think if you can read interesting love stories with the characters that you identify with, then that can be maybe completely different. So maybe that's the key is like, we don't need to keep remaking the same stories. There are so many different, interesting, funny, and sweet love stories out there. We don't need to make the same one. I feel like I relate to Poppy a lot in that sometimes you reject the mainstream because the re- the mainstream has rejected you. Like if you were not a cool kid, you kind of grow up with this like chip on your shoulder against things that people consider popular. Um, this is part of why intellectuals do this because they were not the cool kids. They were like the nerdy smart kids and nobody ever invited them to sit at their table. So they sat at their own table and read Dostoevsky and thought that they were like so much better than everybody else. Uh, So, I mean, that's just, that's true. But I've come around in my old age to being like, like what you like, honestly, like what you like, think about things at the level that you're thinking about them. And again, with like books, with yoga, with music, with working out, eating healthy, it's like, meditating start where you start like everything can be a gateway to getting deeper to learning more about yourself learning more about your life and it will meet you where you're at and that's why I've come around on romance novels yes (laughs) no I think it's good I also think you can read for where or read or do anything for where you're at like I feel like a lot of times I get in phases where I'm like, I just want to read happy books because like life is stressful. And then sometimes when I'm feeling like my life is really good. I'm like, now's the time to tackle that really crazy nonfiction about something really dark because I'm in the headspace. So like it's totally okay to be in either one of those and neither is better or worse. You can need what you need and like what you like. Last point related to this. I read this book called Pleasure Activism, which is also about how like one way to like sustain self-improvement or like making the world a better place is to like do it in ways that feel good and like I think that's also something that we devalue is like feeling doing things that help you feel good or inspire you um and yeah I think these books like just what you're saying like sometimes the world is really dark and to keep going you need to go to like a lighter place I mean that's part of what Emily has talked about why she wrote these books like she wrote beach read because she wanted to go to a town where everybody was just like sweet where like Pete and her girlfriend or wife just like 
have these parties at their house or have this like really funny book club where they read like detective fictions like yeah find the place that you need at the time and I think you can be aware of what's going on you can read deeper books you can read dark books and you can also read light books at the same time I love it maybe don't read them all at the same time I guess (laughs) You know, I like a book, but you know what I mean, but this topic, like I like a before bed book and then a good morning book because my before bed book is like my people we meet on vacation. It's like happy. It's something that's like, or like something inspired, like Michelle Obama's book, like something to read that puts me in like a good headspace. But then in the morning, I'm like getting my day started. I'm much more likely to read. Like I'm reading that hospital book in the morning, like a nonfiction harder book. Cause that's where my head's at first thing in the morning. So, you know, do what works for you. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> I'm so excited that I bought plane tickets to come see you. Yay. Yay. Book talk in real life. Ah, post pandemic. It's exciting. And I, can't I can't wait to do all of the things that we read about in crying in H Mart, including Same. going to H Mart. <laughs> We're going to H Mart. We're going to the spa. I bought two tickets with no layovers. So I'm feeling just like extra bougie. <laughs> can't wait. So exciting. Oh, it's um, going to be great. I feel like I had something to tell you now. I've completely forgotten everything I've done. We had a very know. cute little day for Jason's birthday yesterday. And oh, yeah. I saw the flowers and beer. Yeah. We went to like an actual flower farm that does what he wants to like do with flowers expected. And the lady was like, she let us make her own bouquets with all her flowers. And then she gave like a very long tour. And we helped her like open all the greenhouses and like get the farm ready. And it's just her and her husband who do it. They're like in their 60s. They just run this whole thing by themselves. They have no help. It's wild. And Jason was just in, like, flower boy heaven. He was, like, learning about irrigation and asking questions about, like, propagating seeds. And we were all just like, this is great. He's so happy. <laughs> it was very <Aww>. cute. <laughs> yeah. And then we was cute. went to some breweries and played some board games. It was good. And it we had so Nidas for dinner. Nidas? Nidas. Shit. You always sit differently. Whatever. Than I, do. I, don't know. I think it's <laughs> Nidas tie on high, and you call it Nidas. But the point of it is that I had the food, and it was delicious. Yum. Um, I remember what I was going to tell you. So I joined Bumble BFF. <laughs> Did you? Which is like, yeah, it's like a dating app, but for friends. I've heard of um, it. I like have like school, like academic friends. And then I have, have like Elise's friends who have become my friends. But New York is just, I feel like I've lost a lot of my like acquaintances through COVID. Mm. And the friends that I have are like really busy and they also have a lot of friends. Which is fine. I'm happy to be a friend that sees them once every couple months. But I'm just like, you know, I need some more like Brooklyn friends in my neighborhood. Um, you know, Tori Peters is not answering my DMs. So <laughs> I guess we're not hanging out. Have you actually DM'd her? Uh, no, no. God, no. Just uh, <laughs> had to um, ask. You know, we were all wondering. <laughs> it is so stressful. Mm-hmm. it's so stressful because I'm like I don't know I haven't used dating apps in forever and I'm just like hi what are you doing how's your day going wait do you like message them yes you like match I have to swipe left on them they have to swipe left on me and then we can like match and like message each other and yeah it's very stressful it's also like very stressful to be like looking at people's profile and being like no 
Wait, that's so interesting. I want to like, download. I want just someone to, to watch Bravo with, and I'm like, sorry, I don't watch Bravo shows. Rejected. Okay, well, I'm glad you're on Bumble Match. Let me know if you match with anybody cute. I'm excited for you to go on some friend dates. I'm so nervous, but yeah, I think it's such a good concept. I know, and I do. Like, there are a lot of lonely people in New York City. I there's like TikToks about. Well, mm-hmm. have you seen the meme that's like? women um only gets fed lesbian content on tiktok and we'll soon discover why yes it's but like I... you realize it's like because it's the algorithm so i'm like maybe there aren't that many lonely people in new york i'm just getting all their tiktoks i do get a lot of the lesbian tiktok like what's happening That's no, yeah. Talk about in therapy. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> yes, no. Um, I that's really funny. But I do feel like there are a lot of lonely people all over. I mean, I feel like Jen when she was in New York was like, I just want one person to get a glass of wine and tell about my day because yeah. she travel nurse exactly. and she was there for four months and she was like just by herself. I mean, she did something. She's like, I hang out with myself every night, but it's like some point you get tired of it. And I feel like this would have been a good thing to have been invented. Be like, I'm here for a couple months. Here's my interest. Like. You want to hang out? I'm off work at seven every day. (laughs) Right. And that's what mine is like. I always am down to go to a workout class. Like, let's just go to Pilates together. Yeah. And then we can talk about Pilates and walk around a bookstore. Like, that's a whole. And that's fine. That's enough. Like, no, that's like what you're looking for. Exactly. There's me doing that. So, yeah, for sure. Yay. Wish me luck. Yay. Book Talk is made by me, Erica Bailey, and Katie Cheney. With production support from Dan White, our theme music is by Dan White. We'll see you next week. And I think it just, I don't remember what I was going to say about that. Wow. I fully forgot. Okay, well. (laughs) 